This podcast episode, while not explicit, contains some gruesome details about violence that may be troubling for some listeners to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Life Podcast, a podcast with a wide variety of creepy topics for all your true crime, paranormal, and otherwise spooky needs. I'm Thomas. I'm Sparky. That took way too many attempts to get through, mister. Yes, it did. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just can't stop laughing. He's in a giggly mood right now. It's probably because it's Saturday night and I've been pestering him literally all day like, hey, can we get do some recording? No. Well, you know what? What? It's S-A-T-U-R. D-A-Y-9-S. Wow. Not a Bay City Rollers fan? Okay. You ready for today? Yeah. This week, we're doing a gnarly true crime story. Um, Those are fun. Mm-hmm. I will let you know before we get to the really bad parts, but it's, it's not for happy. Not that a lot of true crime is. But the cool thing is, I always look on Spotify before I start researching my episodes, because if there's, like, a professionally done podcast about it, like with when I did get the Killer Clowns of Felonious Florida podcast, I like to listen to those. But this one didn't have any. Like, not any any amateur ones or anything. Weird. I think I found this story originally in, like, one of those ranker lists of, like, really messed up crime, you know? Yeah. So, I've had it on my list since we made our list, and this week I could not decide on anything. You know, honestly, I need to get back to the list and start checking things off. I think the last one I did on the list was the Black Dahlia. Well, Wendigo was on your list. Oh, true. It's pretty funny. We have... I love Google Sheets and Excel. I am a big nut for data, as I've said before. So I made a big list, and we've got, like, different columns. And mine's got, like, twice as much true crime as Thomas has, at least. And he has, like... 50 cryptids, and I've got one. <laughs> so, but it's a cool Yeah, list. I've got 50 cryptids, and there's, like, hundreds. Well, then add more to your list. I need to do some preliminary investigation to see if there's enough there to warrant an entire episode. Or an extra creepy. Or an extra creepy. Full disclosure, we were going to call them mini-creeps, but somebody's already used that. And then it likes to be copycat. Unless it's on crime. Yeah, I do a lot of copycat crimes. Say that five times fast. So this week we're going to be covering the House of Horrors, as it was described by a journalist, and the potential serial killer, Chizuko Okamoto. I'm just guessing by the name that this is from Japan. Racist. Yes, it's from Japan. Uh, No, I love Japan. Me too. That's where Nintendo's from. And uh, you've seen my weird collection of books. I've got a couple books of Japanese street fashion. I went through a phase of being obsessed with, like, samurai and ninja movies, games, books, anything I can get my hands on. And I actually learned a lot. So, like, if I ever do get to Japan, 
while I do want to go see, go to Tokyo and see like Nintendo and check out Super Potato, the uh, <laughs> the uh, video game store. That's the best name. Yeah, Super Potato. I'm not joking. You can Google it. I would also like to go to like the 47 Ronin Shrine. I can never remember the actual name for it, but there's a lot of other shrines I would like to see. Anyway, yes, this is the crime that happened in Japan. There's not a ton of information in it. I did do one article that I put entirely into Google Translate and got some interesting results. But even looking... Why, why did you have to translate it? Because it was in Japanese. And you don't read kanji? No. I barely read English, to be honest. You could have asked my help. I, I think I can identify blue, white, and maybe good morning. None of those were in the story. My sources, like I said, Ranker, when I googled it again, the article that I read before came up. Japan Times, Wikipedia in English and in Japanese, through web archive, Asahi.com, TMCNet.com, and Standard Ground, which is a forum where somebody copy-pasted an article that I couldn't find anywhere else. And when the, I googled the link that they provided on there, it was no longer active, so... Oh, that's fun. But they had put the entire article in the forum so oh that's cool yeah so i could still read it i just couldn't go to the original so again i'll tell you when it's about to get real gnarly okay yeah because i can't handle too much i know you're worse than i am yeah i can't handle gore at all so let's hurry up i gotta get caught up on walking dead i hate you to be honest there's not a ton of gore in this and i'll explain later but so not like the tyler hadley episode no but this one is worse i would argue even though there's less detail. So, Chizuko Okamoto didn't have a super happy life, as most crime doers could probably relate to. She was born in Aomori Prefecture in 1951, and I have to look up what a prefecture was. It's like states in the United States, basically. Different parts of Japan. That was okay. my understanding. I could be wrong. So, I know I've got at least one Japanese listener. Oh. Want to correct me, please? Can I still refer to them as provinces? I don't know, because when I looked, I could only find prefectures. Most of my knowledge of Japan is either Sega, Nintendo, or the era of the samurai. I kind of trailed off between <laughs> the fall of the samurai and the rise of Nintendo as a video game company. Where she was born was like the northern part of the big island of Japan. So she was born while they were still recovering from World War Two, nineteen fifty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is very little about her really young life as a child. And that could be because I don't speak Japanese and I can't Google search in Japanese. So she married and ran away with her first husband in 1975, so she would have been about 24. Disco. Disco era. They separated sometime shortly after. I couldn't find like a specific year that they separated, but... Did you have a name for him? Mm Mm-mm. And I had I already talked to Seth about this to give him kind of a heads up because there's not a lot of pictures for this one. And he's like, there's more fanfics than there is actual information. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no name for either of her husbands. And we'll, we'll get into I think it's similar to like the one we did in Poland. Even the Wikipedia article, when I put it into Google Translate, the people involved, it was just the first letter of their name. But all the English articles have their full names. So so I'm kind of wondering if there wasn't some underworld presence here? I don't know. So right after she left her husband, she moved and became a hostess for a nightclub. And she met her new beau there, who 
Again, no name. Um, Let's just refer to him as Bo. No, this is what his name is in every article that I could find. Noodle shop owner. Because he owned a noodle shop. Like ramen noodle? <laughs> Probably. They have, like, good ramen. I know, that's... Not, like, ten cents a pack ramen. My cousin told me one time, he's been over there a few times, and he said once you try real ramen, the stuff in America, you can't ever eat it again. Well, there's some real ramen restaurants, but too, I mean, but like they're the, not... the store-bought stuff that everyone grows up eating. Yeah, anyway... But yeah, everything refers to him as the noodle shop owner, because his name is not revealed ever. So we shall call him Mr. Noodle. (laughs) So they started a relationship, and it sounded like it was right after she left her first husband, but I don't know that they actually got, like, divorced, which no judgment, just seems like that would be annoying to deal with. He had a son from his first marriage, and he had remarried after he left his first marriage, but then Chizuko made him leave the wife that he remarried to be with her. So she was number three of his, like, big relationships, I guess. Huh. Yeah. He became her common-law husband, and I didn't look up if it's different for Japan, but I believe it's seven years. He lived with someone before they could become a common-law husband. Is it seven? I think it is seven. Her first husband died in a tsunami in 1993. Okay, horrible tragedy for them. Good year for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And her common-law husband died from an illness in 1997. It didn't say what. So the son that I mentioned was named Minohiro Yamauchi. And just also just from my understanding, the English is sized to these names. So Minohiro is like his first name. Mm-hmm. His surname would be Yamauchi. So I assume that was his dad's surname as well. In the late 70s... Chizuko had a son, I assume from Noodle Man. thought it was Mr. Noodle. Oh, sorry. Mr. Noodle. His name was Toshihide, like Yoshihide, Toshihide. In uh, 1984, he was playing outside, and he went missing at the age of six. And when it first happened, Chizuko claimed that he was missing when she came back from shopping, so she just left a six-year-old home by himself. Which, I mean, if it's like you're popping over to the neighbor, that's one thing, but going shopping... 70s were a different time. 80s were a different time, too. Yeah, it it seems like... I honestly think that the reason that there was so much, like, serial killers and stuff prevalent in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. was really the fact everything seemed way more chill, <laughs> way more calm. So it was, like, more fresh territory, you know? People didn't really always lock their doors. Kids stayed home. You know, people were more trusting. People still hitchhike. Now everyone's on edge. Mm-hmm. People don't even want to be friends with their neighbors now. Yeah. Which is why I moved my drum kit to the garage that's maybe 20 feet from the neighbor's front door. Wow. Showing some love there. When he was missing, she apparently like went on TV and was pleading for help. You know, like how people do when their kids go missing. And by 2002, she was claiming that he was kidnapped by North Korean agents and authorities wouldn't help her. But if she was gone... How would she know it was North Korean agents? It seems like she's just spinning a tale. She knew Mm. more about it than she was letting on. You think? Hmm. Mm. It's not suspicious at all. Not one bit. She also gave birth to a, a son in 1985, but the birth was never reported. And as far as I know, he was never given a name. Keep that in your brain. In 1986, she gave birth to a daughter named Rikako, when I looked up how to say it, that was as close as I could understand Rikako. 
1987, she gave birth to another son. That birth was never reported. Then how do we know these births took place? Why don't you just keep that little seed in the back of your brain and it'll start growing. And then you touch the back of your head. Okay. I'm nurturing the soil. (laughs) So uh, I'm wondering, like, what she did for a living, if she did anything or, like, ever left her house. Because most people, when they're pregnant, like, about to give birth, you can tell. Yeah. You know? I think I've heard, like, with your first child, you don't pop as much. But this would have been her second and fourth child. I think it depends on the person. I don't know. When you get to, like, eight and nine months, most of the time it's pretty obvious. So I wonder why, like... That's and then when everyone she... literally becomes a sim. So if she maybe got to, like, six or seven months and then stayed in her house for, like, three months and then left again, otherwise people would be, like, suspicious of her weight loss, wouldn't they? I did want to mention also here, her stepson would have been about 15 at this time. So... I'm wondering, like, did he not notice? Was he, like, staying with his biological mom? That seems really sketchy to me. Or was he the father? No. You sure? This whole story is really sketchy, though, to be honest with you. No, really, I can remember... I read somewhere, there was a a time that I was wanting to go to Japan and teach English, and I can remember reading something about some marriages in Japan, like a big chunk of them, actually become more like a brother and sister roommate kind of relationship after they have like a kid or two. So it's like, this is later on. I mean, this is... So far it seems very sketchy. So they eventually moved into an apartment in Kanagawa Prefecture. There was kind of conflicting information. It either could have been in the stepson's name or in his biological mother's name. We're not sure. There was two different information there. But by this point, his dad was dead from the uh, natural causes or some illness. I don't remember. Or I don't know. I never found what he died from. Maybe. Have you ever seen how they made noodles in Japan? <laughs> With the great big pots, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe he slipped and fell into the pot of noodles. And then someone put him into a meat pie. Or a noodle pie. (laughs) It's the worst noodle pies in London. (laughs) Bravo for Sweeney Todd Alright. So they moved in there because she couldn't pay her rent. So he was taking care of her. So they moved in the noodle shop? No, in the apartment. (laughs) Moved into the noodle shop where they had to stay at the giant pot that he fell into every day. Oh, good. Hey, it's fine. They just made a shrine. Okay. <laughs> a noodle shrine. It's Under- literally just a, a statue made of spaghetti. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so by the mid-2000s, Rikako was a teen, and this was prime MySpace era. Oh, yeah. My time. My time to shine. See, I can remember MySpace, and I remember all my friends using MySpace, mm-hmm. but I never really got into it. She had a blog, probably a MySpace too, or maybe the MySpace was a blog, I don't know, it was very non-specific. She went to prep school, and she was also active in drama. Oh, hmm. prep school. Yeah. In her blog in 2005, she said she was fed up with how the year was going. You'd think it was 2020. I know, right? 
But she also said that her mother was acting very odd. Dun dun dun. Hmm. It's never a good sign in true crime stories. No. Because never. she knows that her life is a true crime story, obviously. Oh, obviously. It's not that her mother has a drug problem or had a secret boyfriend or who was her half brother. No. No, it's fine. It was suspicious because her mother was actually Pamela Voorhees. Jason's mom. That year, around October 5th, Chizuko uh, uh, murdered her daughter. Just kind of jumps right in. Rikako was 19 at the time, and it is still not known what the motive was or how she killed her. That could be like a privacy thing. Rikako's body was left on a futon in their apartment. Hi everyone, it's Sparky. So we've got a new exciting sponsor. Listen to the end and use code CREEPYLIFE, that's one word, for 20% off your purchase. If you've ever wondered if your house is haunted, it's time to say hello to the bump in the night. This October, the Haunted Walk is inviting you to take part in a massive paranormal experiment. The Haunting at Home is an online interactive audio experience you can do right in your own home, apartment, or creepy cabin in the woods. This ghostly adventure will challenge you to conduct a series of paranormal experiments in the dark. It's a perfect night of spooky fun if you love ghost stories or enjoy the thrill of trying to contact the other side. Start ghost hunting tonight at hauntedwalk.com slash thehaunting. And again, enter code CREEPYLIFE for 20% off. I went through this by myself the other day, and I tried not to get too into it because I'm a scaredy cat who has literally been escorted out of haunted houses before. But if you have other people with you and, you know, you're wearing masks and or social distancing or whatever they live with you, being safe, it would be a really great way to uh, experience a haunted house type feel, even though you're probably stuck at home this Halloween. So again, hauntedwalk.com slash thehaunting code CREEPYLIFE, C-R-E-E-P-Y-L-I-F-E, for 20% off. Like I said, there's not a ton of information, and because this is probably why there's no other podcasts about this topic, because I think the privacy laws is my guess, it's really kind of hard to understand what happened during this time. I believe that Shizuko was staying at the apartment with her daughter's dead body and it was a one bedroom so how long i don't know how long she was actually there apparently about a week later she admitted to someone that she killed her daughter and trigger for suicide stuff she said that she tried to kill herself afterwards and I don't know who she said this to, but why was she not reported to some kind of authorities? And then because later she talks about how she was mourning her daughter's death, and people knew this. Did they not suspect that the daughter was actually dead? Where did she go? Did nobody care? That's weird. It is really weird. The body wasn't found until much later. So this is where it kind of starts to get pretty gnarly, I guess. So in March 2006, so that would be five months later, 
Minahiro entered the apartment, the stepson, and he found Rikako's body, and it's believed that immediately after seeing her body, he hanged himself. And, I don't know, it just seems really weird to me. And again, there's not a lot of information, but I don't know. Why would you not tell someone? I don't know, but... What if he found the body, but he wasn't alone, and to shut him up? That's the theory, but we'll get there. That's what it sounds like, because this was 2005. Not everyone had cell phones. Mm -mm. He was hanging, like, right near the entrance, I guess. So I don't know. He wasn't discovered until two months later. So that puts her body at seven months. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was when his biological mom came to see him, slash went back to her apartment, because again, it might have been in her name. And that was May 1st. She saw the body, reported it to the police. And Chizuko was arrested on May 3rd. So at least they moved quickly (laughs) on that. So when they discovered Minahiro's body, there was a note nearby. And I couldn't find the exact wording, but it said something like, I want to die, I want to be with Rikako. There was also a note found in the apartment that Shizuko wrote, or supposedly, that said, I killed my daughter. Hmm. Do you think it's possible that she had, like, either depression or psychological illness, and when she told someone, maybe it could have been, like, a Tyler Hadley, oh, you've said that before. Mm-hmm. It could be. There's also a theory, like you were talking about, that she killed Minahiro. Some people thought that, like you said, they might have been together, but I, I don't know. I don't think so, just from what I could gather, but uh, I'm not a detective or an expert in anything, so. Okay, this is where it gets really bad, so if dead bodies of young children upset you, maybe let's get ahead a few more times. So, the police were investigating the apartment. They found Rikako's body on a futon, the one... On a futon? Mm-hmm. So I was imagining it's just, like, on the floor somewhere. Mm-mm. Okay. She left her on a futon. Minahiro's by the door. They found two cardboard boxes that were taped shut. Do you want to guess what they found inside? Human remains. You would be correct. Wrapped in black garbage bags, they found two newborn boys. They also found a young boy who was approximately six. So, remember those seeds I told you to plant in the back of your head? Now, Japan isn't one of those countries that limits your children, is it? I don't think so. I think that's just China. Because I was going to say, I've known people from China that they came over here because they wanted to have more kids. This is just so strange to me, this whole thing, because she's got two boxes with her dead children in them. Why is she keeping them, number one? Number two, when the first one went missing and she asked for help, I assume the police searched the apartment, or searched where she was living. Where were they? Or where was the body then? Because a, a cardboard box that's all taped up seems kind of suspicious to me. Yeah, it does, unless... The bodies were somewhere else. Yeah, she could have moved it and then... I'm hearing accomplice! Mm. Could be. The autopsies were inconclusive 
They believe that it was her kids, though, and she did later admit that she killed them. But because the bodies were so badly decayed, they couldn't really get any information off of them. Shizuko says that she left the apartment in March before Minahiro was back. So according to her, she wasn't there when he found Rikako's body. Hmm. Seems sketchy, though. That does. And when she was arrested, she was near her apartment. So I don't think she went very far. And I'm really seriously wondering, again, this is awful, but how mentally unstable do you have to be to live in a house with not one, not two, but five bodies? Especially when one of them's hanging in the front doorway. Yeah, this isn't like your typical, I buried them in a crawl space, or I buried them under the chicken coop, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know, like, I just can't stop thinking about, like, how desensitized you have to be to think that's normal, to look at it and go, oh, yep, he's just hanging there. I wonder if she slept on the futon next to her daughter, you know? I don't know. Also, so, this is a uh, great bit of information. Think of a morgue. A Uh morgue is cold. Yeah. Because, why? Isn't it usually to keep the bodies from decomposing really fast? Yeah, it slows down the decomposition process. The air conditioning was cranked in this apartment, and it was left on a setting called moisture removal. Okay, that is creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, how long did they live in a freezing cold apartment if she's had the baby's bodies that long, too? That is so weird. Yeah. So... Obviously, this went to trial. During the first trial, she claimed that she was not guilty. She said that her stepson killed Rikako, then killed himself. But that was ruled out. And my guess is because of the time between the two. It just seems you never hear about stuff like that. Like, if somebody kills someone and then kills themselves, it's almost immediately after. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't go somewhere else for five months, come back and be like, oh, yeah, I'm really sad about this and then kill yourself. The court also decided that that was implausible because he had no reason to murder her. Hmm. Chizuko at one point also said he was responsible for all of the deaths, her three other sons and Rikako's. But what would the reasoning for that be? And why would he kill the boys and not Rikako? I don't know. And then if he killed them, why didn't she report him to the police? Like, that's the biggest one to me, like... If I married someone with a kid and their kid killed my kids, um, I wouldn't just be like, oh, okay, I guess that's fine. Yeah, that is something. Even though there were no eyewitnesses or evidence they could really use, they had character witnesses who basically attacked Shizuko. She had no money because she never worked other than when she was a hostess and then she moved away from that. She mooched off her friends and her stepson. When they asked her to pay them back, she either said that her family was sick. I don't know. Or she used her daughter's death as an excuse. So either, like you said, it's a Tyler Hadley situation where she's been saying her daughter's dead forever, but she was in school. Or she's, like, freely admitting to people that her daughter is dead and no one's, like, questioning it. This woman is clearly mentally ill. She must not have a good reputation for being a trustworthy person. No, absolutely not. This is really... It's crazy. There's so many red flags here. (laughs) There's so many... 
I'm just kind of wondering, like, what exactly she was telling people. You know, I'm so sad about my daughter's death because I killed her and stuff. Oh, oh okay. That's that's too bad. Sorry, Chizuko. A character reference, an ex-boyfriend of hers, after the common-law husband is my guess, said that she threatened Rikako with a knife. So she threatened to kill her daughter. And Rikako feared for her life often. So obviously, she wasn't safe with yeah. her mom. July 23rd, 2007, prosecuting attorneys were trying to get 17 years for her, which, 17, kind of oddly specific. The Yokohama District Court sentenced her to 12 years for murder. Here's the really frustrating part of this. Okay. She was only charged for the murder of Rikako because of this. Statue limitations. Mm-hmm. Had expired for the other ones. She couldn't be charged even though she admitted to killing them because it was more than 15 years after she had killed them. She also could have been charged with corpse abandonment, but that's three years. So that was way too long as well. The one kind of theory I had about maybe why she did it to her three young boys, maybe she just wanted a daughter. And I don't know if she just like, didn't want to go to a doctor and have an ultrasound or what. Or maybe something happened to her that affected her psychologically and she didn't really like boys. Could be. I don't know. If it's true that she killed at least four of her children, possibly her stepson, and this is all alleged, I'm not a law person, that would make her a serial killer. Yeah. Because she had a cool down period in between. She killed at least, what is it, three people? Five. No, but like, what's the rule? Isn't it three? I think three. Because Ed Gein technically isn't a serial killer because yeah. he only killed two. So I'm wondering, like, if she did that, did she kill anybody else? Or was, like, her M.O. like, oh, this is people in my family? And we still don't know how she killed any of them. We know that Minahira was hanged, but we don't know if he did it to himself. Officially, it was ruled that it was a suicide. But I don't know that I believe that. Yeah, but honestly, yeah, hanging is probably one of the easiest ways to kill someone and make it look like... Well, you could strangle them and then just hang them up, but... You'd have to be really careful about how you do that. Because the ligature marks would need to match. It doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. No, if if she had a rope or something and she strangled him with the rope and then threw it over something and pulled it up and tied it. But she would also have to be really strong, assuming... Not necessarily. She could use physics. You could use physics, but let's also keep in mind that a lot of the guys in Japan and girls are kind of on the smaller side. Yeah, and she's not, not super thin. But what I'm saying is, someone who's like maybe 130, 140 pound male is going to be a lot easier to hoist up than, say, you, my 275 pound self. Yeah. And he probably wasn't six foot three either. No. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting goosebumps. Freaks me out. Yeah, this is a little... I told you it was a gnarly one. Yeah, it's, it's messed up, and it's... I guess what makes it worse is that there's not... A lot of detail. There's not a lot of detail. There's not a lot of justice. It just, it doesn't sit right. I just don't like it. Okay, so you gotta listen to this one. The motives are unknown. There's a theory. Hit me. She killed her daughter because the drama troupe she was involved in irritated her. Yes. Kill your child because they're interested in the arts. Well, you know, theater kids are really annoying, and I can say that because I was one, but you can't just kill them. She was irritated that her daughter was a drama kid and she didn't like it. 
I don't know of any other theories again. There's not a ton of information, but I think I thought it was too important. It's just really messed up. And like I said, the only reason I've heard about this one was because I found it randomly on a Ranker article. I'm working on a theory. Minahiro's mother, the stepson, mm. said that she doesn't hate Shizuko, and that people say that she does, but she doesn't. And she's a way more forgiving person than I would be. Because even if she didn't necessarily kill him, she led to his death, I believe. Or was at least a big player in it. She tried to appeal her murder sentence in May 2008. Now this would have been, what, three years? after? Two she... years after she was arrested. Okay. Um, about two and a half years after she killed her daughter. In October 2008, it was decided that they shouldn't overturn the conviction and she stayed in prison. Good. And I really looked because if she got in 2007, 12 years, she should be out by now. But I could I searched like release, prison time, I searched all different kinds of things with her name and I couldn't find anything. So if she is out, please nobody marry her and make children with her. Well, I think she'd be a little past that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she died. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But again, not a lot of information, but this is a horrible, horrible story, and I was amazed that I'd never heard somebody talk about it before, so... I have a theory. This is all hypothetical. This is all me trying to piece things together, me watching too much of Criminal Minds, and trying to be a profiler. So I'm thinking something traumatic happened to her as a child that involved a young male. Okay. Like when she was like elementary school, like middle when school? elementary school. Okay. I'm thinking... I don't know, maybe she was attacked, assaulted. So, she has a child. Something happens that triggers those memories, and she snaps and she kills the kid. And then she immediately... That would have been the six-year-old, yeah. She immediately feels guilty, tries to at least look as if she's a grieving mother, tries to set them off the tail, has a couple more boys, she still has those feelings, she gets rid of them because she's not going to have a boy. Mm-hmm. has a daughter daughter's fine i think possibly the daughter and the stepson might have been together and when she found out about it she killed her when he found out about it maybe he did kill himself isn't that like a romeo and juliet thing maybe no, he did. because juliet wasn't well, actually yeah, dead. yeah yeah but you know what i mean if the note is to be believed and not a forgery Maybe he did kill himself because she died. Or maybe he tried to tell the police and his stepmother killed him and made it look like he committed suicide. Yeah, that could be. And that was, I think I read one place that that was a theory that he and Rikako were together. I mean... Because I, I looked up a photo of her and... She's a beautiful young woman. I don't, yeah. And there's no pictures that I could find of him. Yeah, I couldn't either. But I don't know. It is, like, incestuous, because they'd be half-siblings. But yeah, so, like I said, I couldn't find a lot of information about this, so it is really frustrating because there's not a lot of detail, but I thought it was important because, like, if somebody's telling you these things, maybe you should dig a little deeper. Yeah. Like, if somebody tells you, yeah, I killed my daughter, don't just go, ha oh, Chizuko, you're so funny. Especially if the daughter's not there, <laughs> you should probably check in on that. Oh, it's just really messed up. So sorry about this one being horrific. We have happy news, though. We got two. 2,000 listens. listeners. Not listeners. We got to 2,000 listens. 
Whatever. Woohoo. Yeah, that's quite it was, awesome. It was pretty exciting because it took us four plus months to get to a thousand, and then it took five weeks to get to two. That's insane. So let's get to three in, in two three weeks. No, two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening yeah, to thank us. Thank you. You guys are awesome. If it wasn't for you guys listening and numbers telling us there are people listening, mm-hmm. we probably would have given up after like the fourth or fifth episode. Average podcasts only last between 12 and 14 episodes, so we're already above average. Oh, wow. I was telling Thomas this earlier this week. Being a teacher during this isn't really fun. Yeah. Thankfully, most of the parents that I work with are very concerned for their kids, but I still never feel like I've done enough, you know, and I'm working harder than I normally would because I don't have a team. I'm working kind of by myself this year. It's complicated. So I'm coming up with literally every subject by myself. So that's a lot of work and it's very stressful. And yes, I love my job. I love teaching. I believe I was born to be a teacher, but I went from having a team of five people last year, including myself, to I sometimes have one other person who helps me this year. Yeah, so thank you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. I've had some other friends start listening recently. Sarah being one from Minnesota. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She she tells me how great we are all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, we're, we're the best. No, not actually. Yeah. But anyway, what I was saying about the teaching thing, this is really the only thing I have to look forward to right now. Like, short term, like, okay, this week we get to do this, you know. So, thank you. We appreciate you greatly. Yes, we do. Thomas has something he wanted to say. We can all agree that 2020 has royally sucked. Mm-hmm. We have lost a lot of, well, we've lost a lot of celebrities. We've lost a lot of friends, family members. I mean, maybe you haven't personally, but you probably know people who have lost family members. I've been pretty, I guess numb to it we've lost some celebrities this year and i was like oh that's that's too bad that's sad but you don't actually feel an emotional reaction but i haven't yeah i haven't had an emotional reaction until october 6th like thousands of others growing up i was heavily influenced by eddie van halen and his brother alex in fact i play guitar and drums mostly because of them they were my, my first major influence. Dave Grohl really did help me take more of an interest in drums. But he's incredible. He is incredible. But Alex Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen were my first like major musical influences where I knew who they were. You mm-hmm. know, I can listen to their playing and I can identify it anywhere. And when I found out that Eddie Van Halen died, I cried a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, man, it hurts so bad. I actually... I got to see him live in 2012 in Las Vegas on their Different Kind of Truth tour. It was a small arena, so even though we sat in the back, we were still close enough to to get a good view. And that was probably the highlight of the decade for me. I grew up loving them. A movie I grew up watching as a child was called Better Off Dead, and it featured one of their songs. And I also watched Twister, which also featured a Van Halen song. My first album, I was probably... Fourth grade, fifth grade, when I got my first Van Halen album, it was Women and Children First, mostly because it had the song for Better Off Dead in it, and that was the only one I really knew. But yeah, without Eddie, I don't think I would have picked up guitar. I've known that he had battled cancer for the last 20 years. 
but he always seemed like uh, every time he had a, a hit, you know, he'd bounce back. So I knew last year it started flaring up again. I heard he'd been hospitalized a little bit this year, but still it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm sorry. And if some strange reason someone from the family or connected is listening, my thoughts and prayers are with you guys. I know this is so much harder for you guys. This is probably similar for you to how I felt when Prince died. Yeah, I was going to say Eddie was my prince. <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> Eddie was my prince in shining armor. No. Yeah, well, about yeah. half the state of Minnesota was devastated when Prince died, but... But, yeah. I love you guys. Yeah, we love you guys. We're still looking for true listener stories, spooky stories. I've had a couple people tell me they want to send something in and nobody sends anything in. Lauren and Alexandra have, and they're amazing rock stars and I love them. But we need more than two stories. I mean, we can do a really short one, but... The more stories you'll get, the longer the episode. Yeah. My goal was to have them in by next week. Huh. But Halloween's coming up quick. Yeah. You know what that means? <sighs> Discount candy on the first. Clearance home decor on the first. No. Candy. Both. So, if you want to send us a listener story, listener tales, I like that, sounds spookier. It does. Email us at creepylifepodcasts at gmail. Please, if you want to tell us a, a story, please do it there just so we can keep track of them easier. Otherwise, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Yeah, definitely join the group and talk with us. It's been nearly quiet and... There's going to be a jump scare soon, I'm sure. Probably. Um, But yeah, our page has 200 follows now. We're a pretty big deal. That's how many? 200 followers. Awesome. I haven't really looked at the data on that for a while. We also have Instagram, which we have now fixed. Twitter, at CreepyLifePod. And you can reach me at BuffElvis. Don't talk to him while he's creepy. <laughs> I'm the creepy in the Creepy Life Podcast. I'm probably the creepy one. He gives me a lot of weird looks. but So we're going to go now. We're going to go. Thank you guys for listening. Yes, thanks for listening. Stay creepy. Stay creepy.